I would say there's been a lot of turmoil related to the fossil fuel industry's involvement in the negotiations, whether there are backdoor dealings. Um, you know, we even saw that a COP28 advisory board member resigned over reports of UAE fossil fuel deal making. So I think it's interesting to see how we can wade through that muck and also get stuff done simultaneously. Buonasera. Welcome back to the podcast, my friends. Today I wanted to talk about hold on, I'm getting my tea. Today I wanted to talk about a little thing called COP or the Conference of the Parties. Um I know some of you are probably already familiar with this. Um, maybe some of you aren't. But I kind of want to just talk about the tea, about COP28. Um, You know, some people are like really interested in this. For me, this is like my Super Bowl. So I'm just going to get into it. So like I mentioned, COP28 stands for the Conference of the Parties. And really this process is the moment where... We, as a global community, talk about climate change on a really global stage. And um, just quickly getting into the history of COP, it is a process that's sanctioned by the UNFCCC, which basically is where the parties, so nation states, come together and negotiate about different things and i think really what's happening at this cop is related to the paris climate accords which happened in 2015 and you know this process has been an iteration for 28 years that's why it's cop 28 um but as many of you may recall paris was a landmark agreement because it was when the global community agreed to keeping or limiting warming to 1.5 degrees celsius i'm gonna get to methane because there's been a lot of methane news in this cop thus far so i'm gonna come back to that but anyway so focusing on carbon dioxide we know that keeping warming to that threshold um, is really important because once we pass a certain threshold so let's say you know, 2.5 to 3 degrees Celsius and all of these different climate scenarios, you can see through really rigorous climate modeling. um, And that's what the IPCC reports really dictate. So there's two sort of concurrent things happening, right? The IPCC, which is the community of scientists that study climate change, put out these massive, and I'm talking massive, reports that say this is what's gonna you know they model and show like how the world will change 
um, and different geographies will change if we pass certain carbon dioxide levels. That's kind of the crux of the IPCC reports that come out with the most up-to-date climate science. And then concurrently what happens is global leaders discuss, okay, well, how are we going to both adapt and mitigate climate change, right? So that's kind of the crux of COP. Um, and I would say something that's really important to note about COPs, because there's so much to say, but the main, I would say the event is kind of like your good old science fair. So what I just talked about, the negotiating and treaties and like that kind of stuff happens with the party members. So if you go to a cop, you will see some really cool people wearing pink badges. If you see that, that person is a party negotiator. And so what that means is every country has a delegation of people that negotiate on different parts of the climate agreements. So that's part one. The people in the blue zone who have blue badges might be part of a Ringo, which is a research institution. And so when I went to COP26, I was in the blue zone. And so really what happens at COP, because it can be so confusing, is while the party negotiators are in different meetings discussing different parts of the agreements, whether that's the loss and damage fund or climate mitigation, there are concurrent events happening in the blue zone. Let's get into what's happening at COP28. So the schedule of COP28, we have, which by the way, usually COP happens in late November. It's a little bit later this year so just wanted to flag that um so december 1st to december 3rd so these past few days is usually when the global leaders come together and say some sort of speech and say you know what their country is looking forward to so day one and day two the kickoff of the summit is what's called the world climate action summit during these two days is when we saw a couple things happening first of all COP28 was kicked off with, you know, as per usual, some drama. Biden, on the U.S. stance, said that he was not going to attend COP28. Um, along with that, Vice President Harris decided that after pushback over Biden, she would join the summit. COP28 was kicked off with a climate disaster fund victory. And this is a huge deal because in the last COP in Egypt, we saw a lot of discussion around the loss and damage. I would say the other really big news that's come out so far is the UAE, which is the host country, revealed that they would be starting a 30 billion climate fund for global climate solutions. And this is really the world's largest private investment vehicle for climate action. Something else I wanted to just kind of make a note of, and this kind of was explained in my first description of COP. COP used to just be within the public sector, right? It was nation states 
going through diplomatic routes to deal with climate change. We realized that that's not enough because we have to literally change the economy. So the private sector, and I saw this a lot in COP26, has really become a big player in COP. And again, they're not formally negotiating. I really want to make that clear. Google isn't like coming into COP and negotiating, but they're talking about different initiatives on their end, right? So there's like PR happening. Um, And a lot of things are announced. Like this is a great time for a company to announce something big and climate related. But of course, there's more drama. So, a big headline that has come out of COP is, you know, already coming into this huge climate event, people were really skeptical because, as I mentioned, the UAE is hosting. What does that mean? Why is a fossil fuel country hosting COP? So, I think really the main takeaway here and um, COP presidents, you know, in the past have really tried to spearhead the movement um, is that really it's a signal to the global community that the fossil fuel industry wants to be a part of the conversation, right? And we saw this ahead of the event when it was announced. There was a lot of talk about how COP28 would go down. Over the weekend, there was a huge scandal because... The climate summit leader was seen making controversial comments that alarmed scientists. Al-Jabbar said that his comments were misinterpreted and there's just been a lot of chatter about oil and gas and backdoor dealings. So some other issues to keep track of while this is going on. Like I mentioned, it's five years since the Paris Agreement. So something called the global stock take is occurring. What does this mean? So during the Paris Agreement, countries basically pledged and said, like, my country is going to reduce our emissions by X amount by X date. And so because it's been five years, these are called nationally determined contributions, NDCs. We are now taking stock of, okay, what's happened in the past five years? Have countries met their pledges and can we ramp up pledges? Right. So that's that climate mitigation piece um other big pieces to keep track of is like i mentioned climate finance the role of private institutions in climate mitigation and adaptation renewables um one of the big key takeaways that came out of the ipcc report was that renewable energy is now very cost effective and that we really need to triple this deployment um And then the other big key pieces is the phase down and phase out of fossil fuels debate that's been happening. This first came out of last year's COP in Egypt when at the last second, countries decided to change the language of phasing out of fossil fuels to phasing down. Why does this matter? Pretty much um, 
something that people have been wary of is if we just phase down, we will never meet 1.5. And so really the conversation is we need to aggressively mitigate fossil fuels. And so having that language within the agreement would be a huge deal for meeting these target emissions. And then finally, something that I wanted to come back to was the methane situation. So as of today, December 4th, the World Bank unveiled a methane plan um, that has some fossil fuel companies on board, including BP. This is a really big deal because methane, like I mentioned, is a really aggressive greenhouse gas. One last thing I wanted to note is a really big win for eco-feminists. UN Women released its report on feminist climate justice, a framework for action. And this really gets to some of the intersectionality that's being talked about at COP um, and how it also intersects with the UN Sustainable Development Goals, which we know is also looking to reduce um, gender inequality, poverty, and some other really big goals like food insecurity. So those are all of the updates that I have for now. Um, I would say also coming up this week, we will see probably a draft of the first stock take agreement um that's supposed to come out tomorrow and the day after so stay tuned for that um december 5th the topic is energy and industry the just transition and indigenous peoples and then december 6th is multi-level action urbanization and the built environment and transport then there's a day of rest and then we're gonna segue into the second week of COP. Stay tuned for more updates. I'm gonna do another COP28 update at the end of this week and hopefully we will see some more progress. But as always, thanks for listening. Like and subscribe and yeah, see you soon.